0: We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? The hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Bangarangs and Daggers. I am your lone host tonight, Patrick Gerhardt. Unfortunately, my co-hosts Nate McHugh and Kevin Knight are not able to join me. However, we have a special guest. He is the voice of the University of Northern Colorado Bears women's basketball team, along with the Northern Colorado football color commentator, Aaron Rath. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's uh different to do a, a podcast for Nebraska fans from Colorado, but this is you know, that's what all technology is about. So it's cool to be able to be part of this. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And just to give our listeners a little reasoning on why I'm doing this is as Nebraska fans, we know what the University of Nebraska is kind of made up of. Uh not just in terms of the strength that they have, in terms of influence, but financial. We also know what the Big Ten is, one of the largest conferences in the nation, uh, how much money they promote, how much money they pull in, how much weight they have in the grand scheme of college athletics. They're up there with you know the SEC, ACC, and to a certain extent, the Pac-12. But we really don't, I think, as a fan base, have a really good grasp on some of the smaller conferences Smaller schools and kind of what they're going through this year with COVID. Now, a lot, a lot of this really small conferences, such as the NAIA, Division III, and to a certain extent, Division II, have almost fully shut down fall sports, specifically football, which we'll kind of get into tonight. And, but we also have Division I AA, or, well, I'm sorry, excuse me, I still call it Division <laughs> One AA. That, that shows my age, the FCS. And a good chunk of the FCS schools have shut down this fall, one of which is one of the larger ones, the Big Sky, which the University of Northern Colorado is a part of. Now, Aaron, can you kind of give us a rundown over what happened and what led up to the Big Sky deciding to postpone fall sports and push a lot of them into the spring?
0: Well, you know it all started back in basketball season but uh we'll fast forward real quick to to the summer and and you know i i think that the the Big Sky and the FCS conferences were all hoping that this would you know blow over quickly and so Northern Colorado actually got started on on spring ball they got five practices in before they were told to stand down by the Big Sky I think the big sky looked at things and and at the time, late April and, and May, and and started looking at things and, you know, this wasn't slowing down. It wasn't something that that was, you know, going to be easily pushed aside. And when you start talking about differences between, you know, just Nebraska and Northern Colorado, the size of the schools and the amount of money that's involved, and you start looking at the the medical protection and and all the additional protections that have to be put in place. A lot of these smaller FCS schools don't have the budget to do that. And so for the Big Sky Conference, even though the Big Sky is one of the bigger conferences in the FCS, um, they, they, it was all about budget, right? They just don't have the money to test their players every day and to, you know, to, to have the standing army staff to, to go forward and make sure everybody's healthy. So for, for the big sky, it took a lot of planning, the athletic directors and the presidents had to get together and plan this out and figure out and make sure that it was really kind of fair across the, the playing field with the 13 schools in the big sky and make sure that they were all prepared the same way. Cause you really don't want, you know, one team to have, all of spring practice and then start practice right away and and you know all their players are conditioned right and they got their practice and then another team doesn't get spring practice and doesn't get conditioning and and, you know and it's just not fair so they got together they talked about it and just pushing fall sports to the spring just made sense and then I think the straw that really broke the camel's back was when the NCAA came out and said that the the championship, the tournament would move to the spring. At that point, there's really no reason to play in the fall. It's it's about playing in the spring. And you kind of give yourselves and your school time to figure out the protocols and and find the I'm gonna put it in air quotes, the cheaper way of doing things. And I don't mean cheaper as in a bad way, but I mean cheaper, smarter and and you know, ways around the protocol that that still keep everybody safe, but allow you to not spend near as much money as some of the bigger schools. So it really came down to to budgets and then the spring the fall tournaments being moved to the spring, I think was that, that can that straw that broke the camel's
1: back. No, that makes a lot of sense. Now let's look at budgets. Not all schools within the conference are made the same. You've got some schools like, let's say, Montana, major flagship university in in that state, I'm assuming have quite a bit of money coming in. And then you've got smaller schools, and maybe not population-wise, but but probably influence-wise, like a northern Colorado or maybe an Idaho state who don't have that type of money coming in. In regards to the Big Sky Conference, how much money do the schools really bring in from like grant rights and, and, and things of that nature to the schools? Is it really much at all in comparison to, to uh, FBS conferences?
0: It, it's really not, you know, like for example, Nebraska and the big 10, you guys get a share of, of the, of the money coming in from media and all that. The big sky is on Pluto TV. Well, Pluto TV is a free application. There is no money that comes into Pluto that gets divided up between all 13 schools for football. So there's really no media money that comes in. It's, you know, if root sports is going to do some games and they typically do about nine, 10 games a year. But again, those are the Montana schools and Eastern Washington and, you know, the the bigger schools and they'll pay them. But, so there's not really a lot of media money that comes into these big sky schools and then when you start talking about obviously filling the stadiums you know northern Colorado if they would fill it up I think seats about 7,500 but for the last couple of years they've been running at about 50% so you know they're bringing in 3,500, 4,000 people compared to you know what do they see in Nebraska when that fills 70,000?
1: A so, uh, little under 90,000 Yeah. okay
0: e- even bigger So so you know you start talking about ticket prices and, you know, fans in the seats and, and concessions and all that stuff. And, and the Northern Colorado is, is probably one of the smaller fish in the big sky and the big sky is definitely a smaller fish when it comes to the
1: FBS money levels. So, so Big Sky, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the other conferences in, in the FCS, they don't have the money from the conference coming in like the, the, the FBS schools do. So, like, for example, Big Ten, I think they estimated for COVID protocol to be around, I think, $100,000 per school for the, for the season for football. And that would come out of their grant of rights money which is, as of last, last year, I'm guessing this year is going to be less. Last year was around $51 million. So you're taking, you know, 14 schools, taking 100000 out of that each, that's, that's nothing. Whereas you look at these smaller schools, even in a big conference like the, like the Big Sky, they just don't have those resources. To pull this off, which is which is frustrating to a certain extent. But you got to look at, you know, not just the players, but the support staff, the school, the community and everything around it. Do you have what it takes? And the big sky realized that it did not have that. So what made a school like, let's say, and this is a bad one because they're kind of the Alabama of the FCS. But North Dakota State, they've played a game or two this year why did they feel like they could pull it off? And why did their conference allow it? I should say, you know, if that even matters.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the conferences went to that, Hey, you can, we're playing in the spring, but you can have two or three games in the fall. Um, and the big sky didn't say that and didn't allow that. And I'm actually kind of glad because someone gets injured. They're really kind of, you know, hosed for the rest of the year. So it kind of difficult. North Dakota State did it one because of who the opponent was, right? They, mm-hmm. you, you got that that big name East Coast opponent wants to come in and try and knock down the big giant in North or in the North Dakota State, and and I really think that North Dakota State also saw the writing on the wall with Trey Lance, and we already know now he's not going to play in the spring. He's declared for the NFL draft. He's going to sit out the spring and he's going to um prepare for the draft and i think they knew that was going to happen and so so given the opportunity i think they wanted to give this young man to go a chance to go out with a with a big win in front of a home crowd and and maybe get a little bit more tape to take to the draft and and that's how it worked out and you know there's quite a few fcs schools out there that have played two or three games there's a couple conferences that have played their full um, conference schedule, and you know, it, for some it worked out, and for for others it just wasn't the right thing to do. And in my opinion, um, I'm I'm actually kind of glad, even though it's going to make this springtime between basketball and football completely hectic. I, I'm kind of glad that they pushed it, and and we're going to get a little bit of spring football.
1: Yeah, it, and it's going to be interesting because a couple weeks ago, most of the I know the Big Sky came out with their spring football schedule and starting in February, it's, it's going to be weird. It, it's going to be interesting to have that because, especially in the Big Sky, where most of those teams are technically above the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, most of those are cold-weather schools. I think only Ida, uh, Idaho State play indoors.
0: Uh, Idaho also has a dome.
1: Oh, I, okay. That's so, probably what I was thinking. Idaho has a dome, but most of those schools play outside. Right. So how I mean, how is this going to work so, <laughs> for a lot of these schools?
0: Yeah. So the funny thing is, if you look at the schedule and if you followed it along with Dan Satter, he's the big Sky deputy and he does a lot of the football stuff. Um, when they set up the schedule the first week, if, if you were to dive into the schedule, you would notice that the home opponents for the first week are schools like northern Arizona. They play in a dome. Idaho State they play in a dome, Idaho, they play in a dome. And then um, UC Davis, a warm weather school. So they tried to make those first couple weeks as much as they could dome or warm weather games for teams so that, you know, snow, you know, football is one of those games. If it's snow on the ground, so what, we're going to get out there and play football. Right. But they wanted to give them all a little bit of a chance to, to not, have their first game back in the snow so that that first week it's a lot of um, dome or or uh, warm weather games hosting
1: so they kind of treated it like uh like northern base college baseball yeah very much you know the first few games are away down south somewhere warm uh so they don't freeze or or get it called off due to weather um let's okay now that we're talking and getting into the winter. What do you think, now that we have a better idea of how it's going to be structured, what's going to happen with college basketball, do you think?
0: Well, funny you should ask. Today, the Northern Colorado came out and basically said that they won't have any fans allowed in four games until at least um, the new year. So that'll take them basically through non-conference and a couple conference games. But there's overlap. You know, when you start talking about broadcasting teams, for example, we'll use Northern Colorado. Jason Alveen, my new partner for football, is going to do men's basketball, and I do women's basketball. Well, football starts March 27th. The tournament for basketball, or excuse me, February 27th. The tournament for basketball is that second week in March. So now it's it's into playing of. Um, what do we do if, with basketball tournament time? Our football team, our football guys are going to be calling football, but we've got tournament going on. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, of schedule shuffling going on um, come late February, middle March timeframe as uh, Jason and I trying to figure out, making sure that we get the coverage everywhere we, where we need. I can easily envision where maybe I pick up a men's basketball game or one of us either jason or i calls a football game solo just because of schedule so it it should be interesting crossover season is typically a fun time to begin with but it typically doesn't come at the end of basketball it typically comes at the beginning of basketball and the football so just be a little bit different this year but we typically have to deal with a little bit of crossover but uh yeah it should be fun
1: In regards to, you, you mentioned a lot of overlap. In regards to COVID and testing, do you think these schools, especially in the FCS, have will have the necessary staff to pull it off to do the testing, to make sure everybody's okay, to make sure everybody is quarantined when need be? Because, you know, you're running basketball and football at the same time. You're going to have volleyball. You're, I mean, you're going to have indoor track at some point will these schools have what it takes to make sure everything works out?
0: I believe they will, but I feel very bad for the staff of all of these schools because they are going to be run ragged. The, the strategic information director for Northern Colorado, he's going to be everywhere. Cause as you said, we're going to have football men's women's basketball. We'll have indoor track. We'll have, um, wrestling, well, volleyball, all pretty much going on at the same time. And those typically don't overlap. So I think the staff is going to go crazy, but I will tell you, I asked this kind of a very similar question a couple of weeks ago to, to Northern Colorado, to the assistant athletic director over there, David sobolchek and, you know, about protocol and stuff. And, and they, they told me that, um, they are still developing the protocol that we will have to go through, that I will have to go through as I go into games to to call the games. So they're working that out right now. They've got, you know, a couple weeks until, until basketball starts. Their first home game for women's basketball is the 29th of November. So a couple weeks yet, but they're they're working that protocol out. And then they said they're going to send it out to everybody so everybody understands exactly what that protocol is. Uh, Going into games, but I I was told that they are not like, you know, typically media, you get your media pass and you just go where you want to go and walk in and out. Those are out the, out the door this year for the big sky. You'll have to, each media member will have to undergo the same protocol for every time they enter and be on a list to be able to enter. So there's still working some of those details out, but I imagine that they've got most of them worked out. And I think by now they've got the staff in place to be able to take care of that.
1: Now I know the Big Ten's got pretty strict protocols on what is acceptable in terms of positive rates and whatnot. Uh, SEC has their own. Pac-12. Does the Big Sky or any of those any of the other conferences have set protocols in terms of how many players can get, t- get tested positive, how many staff can get tested positive, and you know have they really kind of figured all that stuff out yet? Because in football is one thing because you've got, you know, oh, minimum 50, 60 guys in the roster, right? But basketball, you've got, what, 14? Yeah. Handful of coaches, handful of of support staff. So the margin of error is going to be small. Do you think we will get through basketball season this year fairly well, or do you think a lot of teams are going to be missing a lot of games?
0: So I think, at least for the Big Sky, from what I've seen from their schedule and from what I've seen from everything else, they haven't really put out a protocol for football or even for basketball coming up of, you know, a certain percentage of athletes are out, you can't play. You know, like in some of the conferences they have, if you're down to 50% of a position group, you can't play. The Big Sky hasn't really announced anything like that. And for football, they've got time. Uh, For basketball, I think they're going to play it by ear, but the Big Sky did something interesting, and I haven't had a really a chance to dive into a lot of other conference schedules to see if they've done the same thing for basketball. But what the Big Sky did is a team will travel and play two home games at the same opponent. So, for example, Northern Colorado women open up on the road for conference play, and they'll play at Idaho State on Thursday and then they'll stay there and they'll play at Idaho State on Saturday. Then they'll come home and do two games. So they go road trip home, road trip home, and they'll always play two games against the same opponent. And So they cut their travel down in half and and cut that down to be able to um, not, or to be able to avoid getting themselves into those tough situations. I would also guess that, for basketball, because like you said, much smaller amount of players and coaches that when we start getting to season play, I would bet that they're going to have some pretty strict rules on, on where they're allowed to go and, and what they're allowed to do when they're not practicing playing and doing stuff like that so
1: that they can continue to have their season. And again, that takes a lot of staff. Yes. And a lot of time, and you hit the nail on the head. It's gonna run this. It's gonna run the university ragged. The athletic oh. department's gonna pull thin, and oh, yes. it's 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 gonna be tough. And it's not only gonna be physically and mentally trying, but it's also gonna be financially t- trying for a lot of these athletic departments, many of which have a hard time operating in the black on a regular year. Do you see? And I'm not gonna pick on. Northern Colorado per se, but do you see any of these universities at lower levels dropping more sports as time goes on? I mean, you've seen some big schools like Iowa and Clemson already drop some sports permanently. Do you see that happening in the future for you know the FCS schools like in the Big Sky, or do you think – just the way they're structured, they can keep going, moving forward, regardless of of COVID and how this next year is going to turn out.
0: Uh, I would think that we could see more sports being dropped. I mean, Northern Colorado dropped uh, men's and women's tennis, and that was partly because of this, but it was also because they don't really have a home place to play. It was going to be difficult, so that that kind of played in there, but you know doing that that saves a bunch of scholarships a couple of coaches pay uh, but i could see sports unfortunately um being dropped like you know golf and and tennis and and stuff like that you know the the non money drawing sports um being dropped and and that's an unfortunate thing you know cuz those athletes work just as hard as all the others and i hate to see sports being thrown away i'm a i'm a big sports junkie so So I hate to see uh, opportunities being taken away. But, you know, if they don't bring money in and they just cost money, it's going to be tough for some of these smaller universities to look at their budgets and and be able to to look everybody in the eye and say, yep, we can do it all. And 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 as you said, they already struggle, if at all, to be in the black. I'm 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 guessing to venture that a lot of them are operating in the red. So, yeah, I think we could see sports being dropped.
1: And it really kind of depends on how big each sport is because, I mean, these are still students. And while some, many are on scholarships, the majority are on smaller or partial scholarships. So, you know, there is money coming into the university side from these, these athletes being students. But I'm guessing you kind of got to weigh, you know, what are you gaining, what are you losing, which I'm sure every sport and every university is a little bit different. Right.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't help in the big sky, the way the big sky is set up. You know, when you start talking about things that money is spent on, you know, coaches, obviously, as you said, some of the players are partial scholarships, so they're paying in, but you got to take travel and, and, you know, all that into account. And with Northern Colorado, where we sit, we're our teams really have to fly everywhere except for Weber State. Weber State is really the only trip that our teams can take that is a bus ride. Everything else is a plane ride. So that starts to add up when you start talking about, you know, 10 plane tickets for for tennis and their coaches and then hotel rooms and food and all that. That stuff all adds up. You're talking – you know hundreds of thousands of dollars every year just spent on travel for some of these teams so if you eliminate them you're saving that travel budget for the other sports
1: to kind of wrap things up a little bit with everything we know now over the last 6 8 months how how would you do things differently at this point for what the FCS, Big Sky, College Athletics, just the NCAA has done. What would you have liked to have seen done differently?
0: Um, I think the biggest thing I would have liked to have seen done differently, first off, is decisions made a little sooner. Um, and by that, I mean the, the Big Sky, even though they made the decision, they, they have drug a lot of their decisions out made them at the last minute, and you kind of leave coaches and athletes hanging in limbo. And then, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bummed, you know, for the Big Sky, those teams are each going to get six games. Um, it would have been nice to have a little bit more of an expanded schedule, maybe start a little bit sooner, but then you start throwing things like weather in there, and it that, that becomes even more of an issue. So I would have liked to have seen that. I do like a couple things that they did do. I like the fact that they moved and they were decisive about moving the the FCS tournaments to the spring. And that allowed teams to plan that out. And I do like the fact that they've gone through and they've said for football players, this is a non you're, you know, you're not using a year of eligibility for football this year. I think that was a smart play. Although if I was a coach, I don't know if I'd feel the same way because now you have to figure out how you're going to, you know, if you've got 10 seniors and seven of them decide to come back, what are you going to do for scholarships and playing time and all of that? So it makes it a little bit harder on the coaches, but I do like that mindset that the NCAA took.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with you on that. The NCAA was very very smart when they did that to allow the players to go another year, especially when you have schools like a North Dakota State who, okay, they're playing this fall, but they're also going to play this spring. And, you know, that really takes a lot of time out from the athletes, but they're really not gaining a whole lot from it, if that makes sense. So you might as well give them another year, especially considering – Especially, you know, in regards to football, you're playing, you've already bumped your season to the spring. That might be wiped out. You know, you might get two, three weeks in and they might call it off. Uh, You know, you're seeing conferences become a little gun shy. Uh, Just this week, it was announced that I know Florida A&M, they've canceled all spring sports. Ivy League has canceled all spring sports. Which makes me wonder if the Big Ten is going to cancel all spring sports, but that's a different topic for a different podcast. (laughs) Um, Right. It it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm looking forward to the basketball season. I'm looking forward to winter sports. It's it's going to be interesting to see what football does this spring for the FCS. I forget is Division two and NAIA and Division three are they doing spring football?
0: So some of the NAIA conferences are actually playing right now. Okay. Um, but division two and division three have moved to spring. And actually I think most of division three is just canceled altogether. they you know, they don't give scholarships for football. Those, those guys are there as, as students and they just happen to be athletes. So I think most of those have canceled football altogether, but um, division two, there's a lot playing in the spring as well.
1: So it will, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how this all, all plays out. Um, that's really all I have for you right now for this podcast. Is there anything else you really like to add?
0: You know, I just, I just want to, you know, hope, hope that uh, everything works out. And, you know, if it, if it all works out and we get football, you know, for the, for the FBS going all the way into January, and then we've got you know, the NFL ending up at the end of January, and then we'll have FCS starting in February. I mean, if it all works out, I mean, this is going to be the greatest year of football because we're going to have like eight months of football. (laughs) And I keep caveating that with if it all works out. The only downside that I do want to mention real quick for spring football is, man, those guys got to make a quick turn. They've got to have a little bit of downtime from the spring get into summer ball and get ready to go for next year and that's going to be a quick turn and that could be hard on some bodies
1: oh yeah if you've got to do some post-season surgery or recovery you really oh, yeah. don't have a window and i know that was a major concern uh with some of the division one uh, sorry fbs coaches who are really complaining in august about you know possibly doing spring ball is that you know there is you get you get these athletes you train all year they beat the, they beat themselves out especially, especially in football, and then you expect them to recover in like three, four months and go into fall fall practice, expecting to be 100 percent it's you know I, I know everybody's kind of looking at 2021 as like, okay this is you know hopefully by the end of it we'll be kind of back to normal with sports. Oh geez. you know I think this <laughs> year's nBA I think this year's NBA is going to be a good good indicator of how that's going to be because they just got done what a month ago yep if even and they're talking i think yeah yeah exactly at least with practice and whatnot i think that when is when are they looking at first games end of december
0: december 22nd yeah Uh,
1: yeah i mean that's again it's not football but nba is a long season and you know you you play all those games that they do that's a lot of wear and tear on your body and I don't care how good of an athlete or how good a shape you're in, you're going you're gonna to walk away pretty beat up. So only having a couple months recovery is, it, you know, I just I, I feel for the athletes. And, you know, I, I've, I've been saying this for months now. There really is no right answer to anything we're really doing, you know, to anything we're trying to figure out right now. But I, you know, I, I applaud any athlete right now who's trying to, bring a little sense of normalcy back to, you know, to the American life and giving us a little bit of entertainment. Um, And it is okay to feel conflicted while watching these games, I think. Um, You know, whether you think they should be playing or not. uh, You know, it's, these are trying times and it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's all. So, Aaron, (laughs) Aaron, uh, thank you again for coming on. I do appreciate it. I hope our listeners enjoyed this. I really wanted everybody to get an idea of what it was like uh, outside of the FBS conferences, uh, outside of the Vision 1A conferences for the old folks like me out there. So, Aaron, thank you again. Go Big Red and go Bears.